Hey, this is Eminence Daniel Eli, and I'm the founder of In Pursuit of Character, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I hope this conversation inspires you, helps you to see character in a new perspective, and motivates you in developing good and godly character. Please enjoy the message. I've had the opportunity to know you. Um, <laughs> and I'm still getting to know you. And there are some people who will tune in, in today's conversation and maybe later on, maybe now, and they might not necessarily know who you are. Um, so this is a time where Pastor Baj introduces himself, who he is, <laughs> what he does. No, I, hate doing it. I, I, I absolutely hate doing it. I really do. Um, I, I, I hate doing it. The reality is, um, so, who am I? My name is Badger Akisan. That, that's, that's, that's me. Um, uh, it's, it's not about what I do. I mean, let, let's, the best way to get to know me is, is understand what my passions are. And what my passions are, are actually quite, um, they, my passions are very, my passions stem from one or two things. Okay. I am radically passionate about the Bible, um, and, I, and I don't say that lightly. It's it's what I live by. Okay. Uh, pulled me through nightmare after nightmare, after nightmare after nightmare, and um, so based on that, um, the Bible the Bible is the Bible is my go to. It, it it keeps me. It really really keeps me, and. Um, so that's that's what I am passionate about. I'm desperately passionate about making the Bible simple. I'm desperately passionate about young people. Um, so what do I do? Um, I'm the director of youth ministries at Jesus House, which is very humbling. Um, I've served the Jesus House nearly very very close to its inception. I get paid to do what I enjoy the most. That's the truth. I, I get I get paid to do what I enjoy the most. Um, and I serve with amazing people. Uh, serving under Pastor Aguiruku is is quite remarkable. There are very few people I think um, everybody seems everybody has a spot in time. Um, he has a spot in time and being able to serve with him and being able to watch God work through his life has been humbling. Um, I've learned a remarkable amount from him. Um, a remarkable amount, a remarkable amount. Um, and it, it's humbling watching him, um, Pastor going and everything, watching them as a couple. Mm-hmm. is is it's a learning experience yeah um I, I i let me give you a short warning i'm going to use the word humbling a lot <laughs> for a very simple reason a lot of watching god work through a person is it's great um and i have been graced to serve with remarkable people i am married to um, um, I have two daughters. Um, I am a movie addict. <laughs> um, no, it, it's it's 
I got it bad. Movie addict. Um, I, I love what I do. Yeah. Uh, that's how I relax. Yeah. Um, but the reality is, what fires my enthusiasm? Being asked to explain anything in relation to the Bible. Being asked to, I love helping people irrespective. That's not the issue. Yeah. But being asked to explain anything, any area of life, according to the word of God, whereby I can take the word of God and turn it into a story, turn it into um, turn it into an explanation, make it simpler. The bunch of um, it, 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 that's where that's where I live. Um, I absolutely love working with young people and young adults. It's mm. it, it never gets old. Never, <laughs> never, ever, ever, ever gets old. I love doing it. Yeah. Um, I love doing it. So that's me in a nutshell. Um, today's session, we're going to be talking about the importance of character and leadership. Um, okay. You know, many people have been fortunate to go to university and study leadership. Some have been trained to be leaders in organizations. But often enough, when you see people who operate in positions of leadership, often enough, they have, their character has not been trained. So you have someone who is in a, in a leadership position, but they abuse the role that they're, they're operating in. So that's why mm-hmm. I want us to talk about this subject today. But the first question that I want to throw out there to you is, are some people created to lead and some people created to follow? <laughs> uh, um, it's a very good question. And when you, when you, when you said it to me, I, I started smiling. <laughs> so let's, let's, let's put it in context. Yeah. If we're talking about size, yeah. That is very different from the act of being a leader. Okay. So, if I'm talking, uh, everybody is designed to lead in one capacity or the other. Yeah, you're designed to lead because you are you are wired to make a difference in somebody's life. Okay. So, a single mother with one child okay single mother with one child she's a leader because she is guiding that baby she is leading her space she's leading a child through life that's she's a leader okay um if your job is you can see what so what people ask is is everybody designed to be a leader? The first thing they're going to think about is size. Okay. So when they think about being a leader, they're going to think, oh, massive, great, huge amount of people. In essence, everybody is meant to be, everybody is wired to lead because you are there to make a difference in somebody else's life. The magnitude of your leadership is different, will be different. So a father leads a family, um, a husband leads, leads a wife, a wife um, will lead, um, there are different areas, husband leads wives in certain areas, wives lead husbands in certain areas. So you begin to realize leadership, the 
And wherever you find yourself, you, if you ask yourself the question, what is leadership? When you break it down to its finest point, it's basically influencing somebody. And if that be the case, because all of us are designed to make an impact in somebody else's life, you're designed to make an impact in somebody else's life and space, then everybody is wired to be a leader. The magnitude of your leadership, that's different because some people are gifted now that means within god's design for them as a person that means for what they're called to be leadership is central and the ability to lead people the ability to to handle great things and so on and so forth so is everybody designed to be a leader yes does everybody have um when you when you look at it so does everybody so everybody has the opportunity to lead Mm -hmm. so everybody can lead but for some people they are wired with certain graces that repetitively put them in front of others repetitively And so you find that certain people, by virtue of what God has asked them to do, will find themselves in front of others, whether they like it or not. Yeah? Yeah. Whether they like it or not. And so that's something you've got to realize. So leadership, so leadership is influence. So let let me put it in in scriptural terms. And then we'll have a few examples. The original instructions given to man after men and women man generic man mankind the original instructions given to man are found in genesis chapter 1 verse 28 fine the bible says and god blessed them Mm -hmm. that means god blessed all of them he transferred an element of himself to us meaning you have the ability to make a god kind of impact in the life now the bible then says that god said unto them be fruitful being fruitful is allowing the you that god has designed to become a reality so you and when, when you find yourself in christ by his power by his ability he will take what he has placed within you and he will put it at the service of mankind that's what it means to be fruitful so your gifts your skills your calling your personality your journey god put it at the service of mankind so you are fruitful you develop his personality his character you are fruitful that means what is wired within you comes out of you so apple trees will produce apples because their wiring says you will produce apples so for you and i to be fruitful that means whatever god has wired into us when we allow it to be placed at the service of mankind we are fruitful we allow god to come through for us fine the next phrase is key the bible says multiply Mm -hmm. multiply in essence is 
causing somebody else to become fruitful. So, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. I, as a parent, discover that my child is musically inclined. Yeah. I have now discovered that. Fine. For me to ensure that child becomes fruitful, that's where God says multiply. So what is he asking me to do? He's asking me to create an environment around that child so that what is within them becomes a reality. It's like a shepherd taking care of his sheep. Yeah. I don't bring my sheep into my flat. I create an environment where the sheep are safe so they can be sheep in their space. So what do I do with my child? I limit his activity on the football field and he may hate it for a while. <laughs> but by virtue of the fact that we've identified his gift and his individual bed, I create an environment around that child for him to become fruitful. The child becomes fruitful I ensure the child multiplies. So when God asks you, said, be fruitful and multiply, that means put your gift, your skill, whatever is in you at the service of somebody else to cause that person to be fruitful. Now, what am I doing there? I am now leading. I am pointing that person to where they should go and I'm showing them how to get there. So in essence, as long as you are breathing, you can be a leader. Now, some people are gifted to do what all of us are wired to do at a basic level, to do it higher. So some people are wired to lead thousands, to lead their leaders of thought, their leaders of industry, and that means their gift, skill, and ability based upon what's on their inside, they are more visible in the area of leadership. So the question you asked was, is everybody? The question is, is everybody wired to be a leader? Yeah, yeah. Yes, the answer is yes. Yeah. The level is depending on what God has placed within you. I hope that helped. <laughs> it helped a lot. <laughs> I love how you broke it down. Um, okay, okay. I have a second. <laughs> There's nothing to say. There's nothing to say. No comment to add. It's okay. That's that's too wild. Um, the second question is: um, Can effective leadership happen without good character? Okay, let's. So, let's break it into two. Okay. So, effective leadership. Let's use a couple of examples. Mm -hmm. um, effective leadership. Effective, let's boil it down to brass tacks. Okay. Leadership is about people. Yeah. It cannot be anything else. When leadership becomes something other than about people, that's when you get dictatorships, that's when you get undue influence, that's when you get things as that are going right. So the questions you have to ask is, the first thing, what is effective leadership? Effective leadership is taking the people that God has given you 
from where they are to where they should be and leaving them in a better state than when you found them ready for your absence so what that means is an effective leader will take you from where you are i will take you not necessarily all the way to where you're going but by the time i leave and if leaders must leave at one point in time the people i leave behind are ready for what comes next my example is jesus christ yeah and the, and and what you realize when jesus was giving his resume and this is what i i heard this from pastor god was he breaks it down beautifully and and the bible says it in john chapter 17 when Jesus breaks down or summarizes his earthly journey to his father, everything he speaks about is people. How he has prepared them, how he's leaving them, asking God to take care of them in his absence, telling God that I have lost none. So the essence is effective leadership is taking the people that you have been given to where they should be in a state that they are able to take on the future can effective leadership happen with or without good character or without good character so you have to then ask yourself what is my character so you let, let's and I've listened to some of your cast some of some, and people have said some amazing things. So I'm not going to try and reinvent reinvent the wheel. Yeah. But so let's break character down. Yeah. The invisible element of your character, that means the part that we don't see, is called your conscience. It's the part that allows you to decide between one thing or another internally. So whatever my whatever I have imbibed, whatever I have learned, whatever I hold true, on the inside, you realize that that part of me decides. So imagine, um, as a leader, somebody comes up to you and one of your team or one of your flock or one of your family screws up. You have now. 10 seconds to decide how will I respond your response is governed by your conscience that means that inner voice that says go left or right that's the part of you that God has worked on on the inside that determines your choices so that's your conscience that's the invisible part of your character the visible part of your character is your personality that's the part that you and I see that says, am I an angry person? That says, am I a calm person? That says, am I a kind person? That's how I interact with the world. Okay. The combination of the two can make or break the people that you have been given. Okay. If I have on my inside an element of my conscience that says, I need to be the best in my circle. Yeah. That means if I see somebody in my space rising, I will do everything within my power to make sure they don't go above me. Yeah. That's a bad conscience. So my character has the ability to destroy. 
my ability to lead because it will destroy a person. Yeah. So you have to ask yourself if you, so effective leadership is not just getting the task done. Mm-hmm. Effective leadership is getting the task done and ensuring the people that you have been given yeah. arrive at the end in a state to take on the future. You cannot, you cannot, and I say it calmly, you cannot take people to where they should go if God has not worked on you so that your personality and your character, your conscience are submitted to him so that he through you builds people. Does that make sense? So that really is what it is all about. So can I get the job done? That's not in question. The test of leadership is the state of the people that you have been given to get the job done with. If If the job gets done and the collateral damage is people are broken, people have their confidence shot, people don't feel like they've achieved, people haven't been appreciated, people haven't been acknowledged, people haven't been protected, people haven't been celebrated, then you haven't done your job. Because God's focus is not about getting the task done. God's focus is about the people he's given you to get it done. Does that make sense? And so effective leadership is about people. You'll find that, okay, I, I was about to flow into my world, sorry. <laughs> no, um, no, 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 no. Please do. We look at the, at when Ezra is faced with a challenge of taking the resources of Babylon mm-hmm. back to Israel to rebuild the temple in Ezra chapter 8. His prayer from verse Ezra 8, reading from verse 21 down to verse 23. His prayer is not, God, how do I get the gold there? Mm-hmm. His prayer is, Lord, show us a way for us and for our little ones. He doesn't mention the resources. He just says, God. The people that you've given me, show us a way to get to where we are going safely. After they fast and God acknowledges it, he takes the valuable elements, mm-hmm. hands it over to somebody he trusts, and they arrive in Jerusalem before him. So the accolades will have gone to another person, and he arrives with the younger people, the women and the elderly who move without a doubt slower. Mm. So he lets somebody else take the praise so that he can ensure the people arrive safely. Good leadership is about people. You cannot do that if your character is not shaped in Christ. You can't. You can't. And so let me put it in in a phrase. Everybody responds to care and kindness. Yeah. If your leadership style does not involve care and kindness, where I am meaning, I'm not just worried about the job. 
I am concerned about the person. I'm concerned about their family. I'm concerned about what they do. I'm concerned about their well-being. And I celebrate them if they have to leave me mid-journey. Yeah. So I give them the freedom that, you know what? Be the best you can be. Mm-hmm. Then I am a good leader. And I, I'm not, I, that's not an original. I've watched a man do it for 26 years. Yeah. I've watched Jesus do it, but then I've watched, I served a man that does it. So I've come to see the difference when a man is focused on the well-being of his people rather than the completion of a task. And I've seen it in the Bible. So that's what we will call. So can you, without good character, can you be an effective leader? The answer is no. Because without good character, you won't build anybody. Okay. And that's the key. Yeah. Because this journey, leadership, throughout the Bible, take a good look. Leadership is always about people. People. Not the task. Wow. <laughs> you know, I hope that helps. It helps. And I feel like, I don't know if you've been looking at the comments, everyone's like blown away <laughs> by what you're saying. <laughs> I'm humble. God has been very kind to us. But you know, Pastor, one of, one of the challenges that I had growing up was the whole aspect of leadership. You know, as a young man, I, I'm, I'm grateful that I have parents, you know, who serve God. Um, so I was raised in the church, you know, I was taught the ways of God, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and but you know, when when you are raised in the church, um, your parents try to shield you from certain aspects of life, but unfortunately, you get to see it. Um, and in a church, I saw a lot of people who served God, um, but who, in certain aspects of the life, lack the character to lead. You know, there were stories of husbands who would cheat on their wife, who were abusive, and it made me just question that a lot. And, you know, I, I have a family of, I've got eight sisters behind me, so I didn't have an older brother to look up to when it came to, like, manhood or mm-hmm. anything like that. The only person I could relate to was my father. But then at a certain age, um, I started looking for mentors or people with whom I can relate to. And that eventually affected my growth because some of the things that I was taught, some of the things that I learned eventually affected um, my own character. Um, and I've been on this journey time after time to try and discover discover what, what good character is. Uh, but not just good character, but what God deems as a good character. Mm-hmm. Um, so this goes to the next question. Does having a good character make you a good leader? Okay, Let, let's put it in context. Does having good character make you a good leader? Then you, the question you have to ask is, what is good character? Mm-hmm. Good character is, um, is actually not a difficult answer. This is where you find two two sections of the Bible that give us an insight. So let me take notes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The first thing is this: when you realize, when you look at 
you and I, and when we, we want to answer good character, the character in essence that we're talking about is not defined by a man. We'll come to that one. No. The original project plan that God had for you and I, Genesis chapter 1, reading from verse 26, the Bible said, let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over everything that creepeth upon the earth. Fine. That means good character is when you see in me godly character. Okay. So what it means is good character by virtue of the word is when God's character is shaped in you. Now that's backed up in different sections of the Bible. When God was looking for a king for Israel, you find that his qualification was I have found a man after my own heart so I can trust him with my people. Yeah. Right. The Bible says of Jesus, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Then the Bible goes on, who for the joy that was set before him, despised the shame, endured the cross, and he sat down at the right hand of God the Father. But what that means is Jesus is our example. Jesus says of himself in John chapter 14, verse 9, that, and this is, this is what I want you to realize. He said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Yeah. So what is good character? Good character is when the character of God becomes instilled in you. Yeah. So through your words, your thoughts, and your actions, God is transmitted from you to another person. That's good character. But let's understand the challenge we all face. That takes time, effort, and instruction because most of us don't know what we're looking for. So we learn from everything else around us. So that is what you begin to realize happens. And in all sincerity, without God sending our, our parents, without, I mean, if you realize, you, if you look at our parents' journey, their journey through salvation, what we have had the opportunity to learn and experience has been built on the shoulders of what our parents learned and experienced. Because when our parents gave their lives to Christ, just leaving the world and being in Christ was enough. For us now, we now build on the shoulders of that and say, okay, I am in Christ, but okay, how do I live going forward? So how do I deal with my job? How do I deal with life? And then we begin to look at the next level, and then God begins to show us character and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. So I don't, don't knock them. Yeah. They did the very best they could. So the question is, is leadership possible or good leadership possible if, if you don't have a good character? If good character is the character of our Lord and Savior, that expressed through you will cause leadership at its highest level but there 
are skills and abilities you can pick up along the way okay. that will help you be a good leader. You'll get the task done, your people will be in good shape. But the ultimate is when you allow the character of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's summarized. The, the beauty of it is this. It's summarized. It's not a mystery. Take a look at how Jesus deals with Peter or take a look at how Jesus deals with okay let, let me use an example take a look at how Jesus deals with Judas <laughs> the night Judas is going to betray him the words Jesus uses are friend whatever you need to do do quickly he doesn't tear Judas apart because you realize there's something on his inside that governs how you interact with people. The man is going to betray him. The man is going to literally start a process that's going to send him to the cross. Jesus says, friend, whatever you need to do, do quickly. Meaning, I'm still committed to you as a person. I understand you're struggling, but I'm still committed to you as a person. And so Jesus, this is what you want to see. This is what you want to see in a leader, where a leader can see beyond the short term and they live in the long term. And it's detailed. It's not a mystery. You find it in Galatians 5, 22 and 23 look at the things that look at the things that are listed so what Those are Galatians are what sorry 5 22 to 23 Galatians 5 thank you the personality of the Lord is broken down into nine things the Bible says the fruit of the oh, spirit yes. is yes. love and then it's broken down peace gentleness long suffering faith hope joy um and so those are what you see and so when those are built into us no matter how you interact with people they will always come out better yeah always come out better and, and, and it's and that's what the lord is saying without them again you may get the task done but you will not leave the person in a better state than when you found them. Yeah. So I wouldn't say it is impossible because there are people who have, who have raised children. They may be the most difficult. They may be struggling with their own demons. They may be going through their own challenges and yet they manage to instill into that child, that one thing that God needs for that child to go for. They may not do it perfectly, but they can do it. So what we're talking about is we're not talking about impossible. We are talking about whether it will be easy or hampered and the levels of ease or hampered or, or being hampered. I wouldn't use the word impossible. Okay. Now, 
if you say the person is completely given over to Satan, they are completely twisted, completely dark. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the outcomes are going to be kind of dangerous. But you read in the context that you're presenting, the character of most of us is going to be we are we are an imperfect bunch. Okay. We are on a journey. Yeah. But we're not fully there yet. That means there will be elements of our personality and character that we that will come through that will shape or help the person in front of us that will work but there also might be things that may hamper we still might struggle with different things you have to allow for that and so let's be real so what i want is let's keep it practical otherwise you're going to be walking around expecting perfection okay and perfection you will not find here you will find good but you're not going to find perfection yeah and so you've got to give so it is levels of being hampered or levels of being easily achieving those two that's what you're balancing i would i would use that rather than saying possible okay um i want to go off the script for a moment uh, go ahead <laughs> I, I, I've had the opportunity to see how you serve as a leader um, in a church, <laughs> <laughs> um, how you serve the, the youth ministry, but one, one way that I really admire the way you serve your family um, and your wife. Oh wow, thank no, you, I'm very humbled. No, Pastor Badge, honestly, I, I admire it because <laughs> I, I've, I've, I've always seen um, especially African men, I've always seen the men being expectant of their wives and their family to serve them, whether that be in the church, whether that be in marriage. There's always an expectation that because I'm the husband, I'm the head, you must serve me. But when I see how you serve your wife with such patience and gentleness, um, ease, I'm like, how do you do it? I remember. Pastor Shola's um, birthday, 50th birthday, and I was sitting with Ayo, and we're just watching you. You got up, you got, you went, you got Pastor um, Chisel's plate, and you bought her food before you served yourself. Then you went, and then you got your food and you served yourself. I was like, how does that happen? Like, <laughs> like you're very serving. You know, you serve your wife and your family with such, like, with such ease. You know. There's, there's times I've seen you at church, you'll leave the front where you're seated, you will go outside and wait for your wife to pull up and park, and you will take her inside. I'm like, she's got a PA. Why, why do you do that? <laughs> um, all right, let, 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 let me see if I can break it down. Um, yeah. So let's, let's put it in, in context. Yeah. Um, without sounding too sanctimonious. The, um, in a simple phrase, I love my wife. What I have learned from scripture, what I have learned from good examples around me, yeah. I have found that, let, let me put it in a phrase, love is the sacrificial provision of what another needs in a way or manner that they may receive it. So, 
Love is the sacrificial provision yeah. of what another needs in a way or manner that yes. they may receive it. So the focus of love is the other person. So let me give you an example. The example I'll use is found in the Bible. When God was, was going to send Jesus Christ, he could have sent him anywhere. He could have put him at the top of a mountain and said, anybody who climbs to the top of this mountain, you're safe. He could have put a test um, around him. He could have put him in a sea of fire and, and all sorts of stuff. But he didn't do it. He sent Jesus Christ and put the greatest gift any of us can receive, which is salvation. I'm laughing at David. <laughs> you know what? We've got some really, you've got a really crazy bunch of people on your, on your chat. <laughs> the reality was God looked at us yeah. and designed salvation to fit our experience. That the Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, reading from verses 8 to 10, the Bible says, quoted from the King James Version of the Bible, in this was love manifested or made clear. So when you're going to love somebody, the focus is the other person. Yes. Now, my a couple of things that most of you know, some of you may not know. My wife has a disability. So, my wife has a disability, so she has a, a disabled right arm. What, I, what that means is there's something she can do and there's something she can't. Now, one of the interesting things about what we do is, so if I'm going to love my wife, I'm going to say, right, how do I meet your needs, but do it in a way that you can receive it I focus my actions based upon not only her, but making sure in the doing of it, I do not make her feel uncomfortable. You'll find that in Matthew chapter six, reading from verses one to three, where the Bible says, if you're going to give alms or any act of mercy to another person, when you do it, do not let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Why? Because you want to preserve the dignity of the person yeah. that you are being kind to. Yeah. So when, we're at, when, when we got married, I realized this is carrying a plate on a buffet line is a challenge. Mm -hmm. So I realized if I'm going to serve my wife, one of the things I can do is I can say, right, you know what? Either I carry two plates and then guide the servants and then carry two plates back to my table. Or sometimes it's like, you know what? Just sit here. Mm -hmm. That I've got this. And now we've been married 23 years. My wife, the beautiful thing about my wife is my wife is a person of... Um, she doesn't, there are very few variations. She's very constant. So if we go out, I know what she's going to eat. I can actually order for my wife without her seeing the menu. So I can go up to a buffet line, I can get what she wants. 
and I can bring it back, but I do it in such a way as not to make a noise about it. Um, so I do it in such a way as not to draw attention mm -hmm. to the fact that this is something she could have done, but would have struggled, but I'm doing it so that this is something that is done for you, but I'm preserving the person. Yeah. Now, this is what I find, that's what you're seeing. So over the years, because I love my wife and, and, my, and I'm loved, I mean, you do not see, I mean, where my wife serves me, there's, I mean, it, the interesting thing, and, and so let, let, me, let me flip the script. This is what you don't see. <laughs> all right. things, you, you, you open this door. You, you open it. All right. You open the door. So let me, let me flip the script. Yeah. I, I need, growing up, money was a challenge for us, was, was, a, was a major challenge. So that shaped an element of how I viewed money. Yeah. I remember I was working, um, it was I had a reasonably good job, but I was going to buy a pair of shoes for myself. Yeah. I could afford it. I was earning enough money. I phoned my wife nothing less than seven or eight times to the point where she was saying that baby just pay. That just pay for it. Just pay for it. I said, really? That, but I can, and I was, I was freaking out. <laughs> this is what you guys don't see. The, I mean, my wife's commitment to me is radical. Yeah. Radical. And you begin to realize that those are the kind of things. And so what you realize is when you serve somebody in love, especially if you are in a marital relationship, of your actions will be the things that you are looking for the most. Oh, wow. Because you realize for a man, love's an action. Mm -hmm. You're a doing, we are a doing person. You are a making something happen person. We are a fix it person. Mm -hmm. Love for a woman is a response. Mm -hmm. So when I take an action like you are describing, the response I get is what I'm looking for most, which some people try and force. And so thank you for making yourself available to be part of that amazing conversation. And I want to thank all of you guys who already have subscribed to this amazing podcast. And for those of you who are yet to subscribe, please subscribe. Please share this conversation to your friends, your family. Let the world know that we are here to develop, to grow, to inspire and talk on the subject of good and godly character. I wish you all peace and love. May God bless you.